Hey everybody, welcome back to Torchlit Tavern. Today, I'll be your principal, and we're all going to detention. To my virtual left... Hey, it's Ryan, back in as your halfling, warlock, rogue, Roy. And to my left... Once again, your favorite dwarf... Stuck in with some of his best compatriots, and some of his dearest friends. And to my left... And to his self, playing the eloquent lifter, Barry the Orc. It is I, Mitch, and I have come here with the sole purpose of lifting things. He's very good at it. A.K.A. Bruce. He's a wonderful portrait. No, Bruce is dead. There's only Barry. <laughs> There's only Barry now. I made a grave mistake naming him. And to his metaphysical left is the headmaster of this party, a.k.a. the noble I rogue. said principal, you bitch. Yeah, but I'm above you, bitch. I mean, you can just be the pal of princes. <laughs> he is taller than Jay. That statement is true. Me and the princes don't hang out. I was just trying to help you out. I am your noble rogue, who is just talking to an old friend right now. Your human rogue, who is a good boy, despite what everybody and literally everyone says. I'm shaking my head twice already at this intro. All right. Debatable. Everybody who listens to us, I just want to plug us a little bit, do a little tavern keeping. We have turned on our Patreon. And recently, we've started releasing our first Patreon content. This first one is Avil talking about the Fey War, which is something that Jeff's character, Mr. Grimm, discusses. Avil has mentioned in passing. It's also something that Bops Thane has mentioned in passing in the show. If you want to know more about that, like in an in-depth way, Avil has a little bit of history for it. It also tells you what brought her to this plane in a more like concrete way. And while it's not super important to the current plot, it is maybe fun to listen to if you're into that sort of thing. We're going to be releasing regular world-building apps that I'm going to do my best to do in character. I also might release just discussions from me as the DM because I've been playing in my campaign world with my friends for several years, and I might talk about an old campaign that's relevant because one of the things that I do at our table is things that characters do affect my game world and will bring you up to speed, so to speak, on my game world. Which, if you're listening to the regular show will happen anyway, but you just won't get that backstage sneak pass, you know? And also, we appreciate the help, because we do this for free for, well, our enjoyment, but also yours. So if you want, we'll use your money to grow and give you more. It's great. We love your support. Yeah, speaking of extra Patreon content, I just published uh, some character playlists that we made for our characters. Definitely check those out as well. Only available to paying patrons. So if I get us a Patreon, I get Warlock spells, yes. right? Yeah, absolutely. If you pay our Patreon very soon, very shortly, one of our representatives, maybe Pride, if you're lucky. It's kind of like, you know, first come, first serve. They're on a rotation. Yeah, but that's not luck. That's not luck. Pride will that's contact you and he will... That is not lucky. That is not lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, it'll be Pride. Trust me. So what you're saying... Is for like 20 bucks, we can make Bruce a warlock. Stop it. For no. $20 a month, no. you too can no. be an edgelord. As Bruce has called our warlocks before. <laughs> Fuck off.
All right, so last we left off, you guys snuck into a school using fake IDs and spells to change your faces. I didn't. Bruce, who was under a different spell, had been turned into Barry, the lifter. Barry. Yeah, he lifts so good. Oh, I lift. And Barry, Mr. Grimm, Roy are not themselves at the moment. Mr. Grimm and Roy are currently two students of the school, which is to say they're, you know, one younger man and one older man who's bearded. Roy is about a foot shorter than that man is supposed to be, because his spell only allows for a certain amount of height change. Bop is with them, and they have recently hijacked, essentially at knife point or spell point, one of the teachers who is an old friend, quote-unquote, of Bop's. And that teacher has done what they've asked and led them to a classroom filled with students and a teacher that he says will help them. But in the last episode, we ended with, Help! I'm being held captive by ruffians! And you guys find yourself in the backseat of a class as about 40 mages of varying power levels turn their heads to look at you. And we start the show back up with Professor Quark saying, Do not harm my friend the dwarf! Roll initiative. I'm currently rolling for 40 mages. Blocks of 10. Blocks of 10. <laughs> no, nah, 40 different initiatives. Life of a DM is hard, baby. I didn't choose the DM life. The DM life chose me. Very quickly before we get into a fight, I say, <laughs> Good joke, Professor. We're just giving these new possible students a tour. Isn't that right? And I rolled a 12 plus... Six to persuasion. I lift things. So that's an 18. <laughs> What's everyone's initiatives? 12. 11. That's an 18, damn it. Okay, 18 is good. But I rolled a 16 for initiative. Okay, 18 persuasion, 16 initiative. Strana, what'd you roll? 12? 12. Mitch? 11. 11. Okay, so the teacher rolled higher than y'all. Luckily, the main professor. There's a dwarf that is in the center of the classroom because it's a big in the round. And he has one initiative. He was introduced to you by Quark as Professor Aegis Stratus, who immediately whips out his wand and covers his good friend Quark in a irresistible sphere. Before anyone else can act, though, it's actually Roy. 18 persuasion. 18 persuasion. Okay. Talking is a free action. Would you like to make an action with that? Because this is going to be before anyone can even react to your persuasion. Uh. No, I'm just going to try and look non-threatening. Okay. I'm just going to smile at his funny, funny joke. <laughs> okay. Okay. Immediately after that, then, a couple of the quicker students pull out wands as well, and they put the rest of you in Irresistible Spheres. This is more or less the same thing you've used to Pokeball the whale in the past. Well. 
you guys are now in Irresistible Spheres, and other than that, no hostile action is being taken against you. Are you fucking telling me I can't lift things? <laughs> I mean, hold on. Let me, I guess, roll a strength check while I look up Irresistible Sphere. Well, shit. 16. Resilient Sphere. My apologies. Barry attempts to lift the sphere. I have. Oh, it's not on you. Uh, sorry, I didn't state that, Bob. There's nothing on you. Nobody has made any attempt to attack you with anything. Okay. Because you did roll a nat 20 on your good friend last ep, and I'm not going to forget that. So your friend believes that you are in this with him, and he has asked them to protect you as well. If anyone were to attack you, you would be defended by these wizards. So a sphere of shimmering force encloses you all, each individually. Each one of you has their own. A, a creature or object of large size or smaller within range. An unwilling creature must make a dexterity saving throw. So y'all can do that if you want. You're goddamn right I'm going to do yeah. it. On a failed save, the creature is enclosed for the duration. 12. What's the save? The save is, uh, let's say 14. Fuck you. Also 12. Okay. Nothing, not physical objects, energy, or other spell effects can pass through the barrier in or out, though a creature in the sphere can breathe there. The sphere is immune to all damage, and a creature or object inside can't be damaged by attacks or effects originating from outside. Nor can a creature inside the sphere damage anything outside it. The sphere is weightless and just large enough to contain the creature or object inside. An enclosed creature can use its action to push against the sphere's walls and thus roll the sphere at up to half the creature's speed. Similarly, the globe can be picked up and moved by other creatures. So... So you're telling me that Barry tries to lift the spear and then hamster balls his dumbass. Yes. There is now a Barry rolling toward the teacher at the center of the room as students dive to get out of the way. <laughs> I like this. Is Barry yelling anything inside the sphere? Shit! Damn it! Crap! Sorry! <laughs> Profanities ensue. So everybody failed their checks, right? We're all in spheres. Your new friend, quote-unquote, Quark, is smiling, self-satisfied at himself in his little bubble of go fuck yourself. And you guys are all, except for Bop, at the mercy of this classroom. And Aegis Stratus speaks up and he says, Hey, lads. What do you mean by this, Quark? Who are they? And Quark said, These men accosted me in my, in my, in my lab. Uh, they were brought in with uh, my, my good friend Bop, and they are not who they say they are. These are not students. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about the Archelifs things very well. As you kind of come to a stop, at the podium, just kind of crashed into the podium in front of Aegis Stratus. It's like, oh, don't worry about him, he's just a my porter. Okay. At which one of the students kind of looks at Aegis Stratus and at Bop, and Aegis Stratus kind of holds off on the student, like, don't do anything yet. And so he's like, so, who's your friend? And uh, Cork says, this is Bopadopoulos, a good friend of mine. Um, uh, they're, they're trying to... Maybe we should speak in private with the headmaster. 
Aegistratus waves a bunch of the students, and everybody who's in a Pokeball gets sort of rolled toward the stairs, and then they throw you up on some tensors floating discs. Like, any excuse to cast a spell, these fucking wizards. As they're rolling me around, I'm just flipping everybody off. They can hear you. It's not silent in there. It's a silent anger. That's fine. I mean, I have nothing to say to these fools. It was a tour, damn it. It was a what? A tour. Okay. Bruce. Barry rolls himself. Barry rolls himself. Bruce Barry rolls himself. <laughs> Anybody who tries to grab him. 24. 24 to strength check. Barry rolls himself. <laughs> Are you rolling in the direction they want you to go? Yes, Perfect. of course. Okay. Then nobody seems to really be concerned about this. Yes, Barry, keep heading that way. Yeah, Bob and Cork and Aegis Stratus tells his students that he'll be back, and then you guys are led to the stairway up the stairs, and Dylan, you and your good headmaster friend, Professor Horizon, are your conversations interrupted as this strange procession procession of things comes up. A couple of students with their tensors floating discs dumping Thibbledorf and Barry and Mr. Grimm, who... Mr. Grimm would have not gone quietly. He tried to cast spells, and they put him in a ball of silence. And that's why we're not hearing from Jeff today, because they cast silence on him. Makes sense. Brilliant. Yes. So in his <laughs> sphere, it is quiet, and he's probably threatening or cursing. Screaming, or doing, sure. Yeah, screaming, and, you know. Something in Sylvan. Just wildly. Gesticulating, yeah. He's so casting hard. circle of death. I kind of want to be in there now. It just smells like cookies real bad <laughs> in that circle. <laughs> It's that damn vocal component that he just, he can't even cast cookie smell. You guys are dumped off, and one of the first thing that happens is Quark and Aegistratus sort of grab Horizon, and Horizon looks to Dylan and he says, excuse me, Dylan, I believe we're being interrupted. I set down my teacup. And he goes to the corner, they sort of have this little conversation quietly with one another, and then Horizon steps back up and puts his hand on Grim's sphere, and Grim's sphere disappears in a little pop of sound Uh and he's no longer in the room oh my good friend quark has told me that this this being who looks like one of our students threatened his life and is not who he looks like he's some sort of extra planar or undead so we have sent him to our an extra dimensional prison so he sends the one who looks like Frederick away, and he says, I understand that Frederick is not who he says he is. He's some sort of undead or or extraplanar creature. And because Frederick and Thibbledorf are never away from each other, I'm assuming you are not who you are as well. Unless you wish to go to the same prison as he is, I suggest you take down your glamour. I drop it. Okay. Good boy. I act surprised. My jaw drops. <laughs> he's working for his living he's got his working boots on I pour a fresh cup of tea and keep to my fucking self <laughs> <laughs> playing it safe and smart I don't know him I don't know him I don't know him not my circus not my monkeys <laughs> oh Dylan I didn't see you there <laughs> oh hello Bopinopolis I didn't know you were visiting I stopped in to talk to Quark here my good friend Oh. So, what brings you all here today? I lift things. 
What's an arm's reach? He does. He does do this. Nothing, my friend. He's still in a circle. <laughs> You're in a bubble. <laughs> well, shit. What's within an arm's is the edge of your bubble. Nat 20. Barry goes tumbling across the room like an idiot. <laughs> Trying to go lift the table. Who he bumps into? He bumps into your table, Dylan. Roll a reflex save to save your teeth. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Can you just let me have a nice thing? <laughs> Never. It's Earl Grey, you son of a bitch. <laughs> nah, man, Earl Grey doesn't exist in my world. Come up with a new one. It's Duke Grey, alright? <laughs> Duke Grey, got it. Duke Silver. I'm down with that. Yes! <laughs> 16. That sounds like a bomb tea. Yeah, safety tea, congratulations. So Barry's bubble is unnaturally large, correct? Yes. It is, yeah. For for how Barry appears? Yeah, part of the spell is it only encompasses exactly enough to, like, do the person. Like, in a sphere, but that person. Um. Yeah. So when I drop my glamour, does my sphere get smaller? <laughs> Honestly? It should have been, by that logic. It was always, like, you looked cramped before. <laughs> <laughs> After he hits my table, I go, Master Lifter, can you please not hit the T? Barry, Barry. Barry is cursing as he tries to stand back up. <sighs> can, can I let him out before he causes an issue? Uh, not yet. No, I don't I don't think so. And he just tried is just like, uh, no, 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 not, no. No, we're, we're gonna get to the bottom of this before any spells are dispelled. That's probably the best choice. Headmaster Horizon looks at everyone. Is like, are there any other spells on any of you that I should know about? Because it seems that I know how irresistible sphere works. You aren't the right size, and neither is the orc. Listen, I'll go get my rubber gloves. I don't need your help with this. We're on school grounds. You you have no jurisdiction here. Take it easy. Oh. You stay away from me with those, okay? Take it easy. All right. Look, we can all be nicer people. You know, somewhat nicer people. How how do you know Bapadopoulos? Bapadopoulos? He's a local merchant. I come from a merchant family. Didn't you come to dinner together? Yeah. Yes. We've known each other a little for quite a while, actually. Mm. And you just happened to visit on the same day. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you, and he wanted to talk to Quark. Happy coincidence. I don't look down on poor fortune when I see friends. Hmm. So you came together? No, we... Well, what do you mean? I stroke my beer. Do you mean we entered the door simultaneously? Yes, we did. He means you're dating. Okay. <laughs> Listen, we're not, we're not trying to put labels on this. So the headmaster kind of looks at you in a way that you remember from schooling days. Because, like, once again, this is a character who knows you. Like, you spent some time together. I think that as his student, he's very aware of when you're being you. And he kind of gives you this look. And he's like, Dylan, you've, you've been nervous since we started our conversation. Please, just... I'm nervous entering this room. Usually this is where I was reprimanded. Fair enough. I mean... Still not my fault. Anyway, and he turns to everybody. He's like, so what happened is I understand that you accosted our teachers. I imagine you must have good reason to sneak into a mage's college disrupting our classes. 
I suppose. Who wants to respond? <laughs> Go for it, Bob. It's like, oh no, it's like, I was here to see Quark. I'd bury here just to carry things. And, uh... What possible reason could you want to see Quark and bring a porter? Yeah, no, I lift things. Suffice to say, he does lift rather single-minded, that one. Yes, that is the, that is the definition of a porter. Suffice to say, I have a fairly nice little thing that does a genuinely wonderful job rebuilding things. I was talking to Quark about a dwarven nature it was. Mm-hmm. And Quark, did he visit you alone, or did he bring Thibodorf and Frederick with him? Oh, they came up with me. They seemed decidedly with him. Uh, actually, uh, that's strange. But, Bob, mm. why, why did you bring these people into my office? I lift things. As I point around, I'm like, he just came along. I point to the orc in the bubble. Uh, and these were threatening my good friend. I, I, but the students, uh, I thought they shouldn't have been doing that. And apparently they just kept escalating. He turns to Roy and he says, You, halfling, um, what is your name? Roy. It's a pleasure to meet you, Roy. At least I hope it is. Why are you here asking about the crashed ship? Just really wanted to take a look at it? He gives you the same look that he gave Dylan a second ago. That's what that looks like. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird seeing it from a third-person view. You all need to give me a good reason. To not turn you over to the police. Hi, I'm the police. No offense, Dylan, but at this point, lots is going on. I will not trust just to hand them over to you. I will need others. Uh, other other members of the force. I could call a few people I know. Okay. So don't tell me you have to hire me again. I'm, I, I was really wanting to get some more information on my object from Cork. I'm just going to look at... Bop and go, look directly at Master Horizon and goes, I have no idea what he says 99% of my life with him. Uh, I believe he's referring to jobs he's done for you in the past. Anyway. No, Bop, I don't need new iron bars for the jail. Ah, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Are you quite sure I could... could Hex format. Very nice. So Horizon motions to Age of Stratus. He says, go, uh, Gather our professors, please. We're going to get to the bottom of this, and I think we're going to have to get the higher-level spell slots out. Internally, should I just tell him? I'm motioning to Roy as everybody's looking away from me, like, be honest, holy fuck. Avil fires back at you in your hand and says, Um, the casual way they dismissed our friend leads me to believe that if you aren't honest with them now, you are soon to be honest with them anyway. These are powerful mages. Okie dokie. Tone's like, holy fuck, I can't know you right now, but say something, please, God. I, I have a question for Jay. Yeah. How does the untamed wild of the giants feel about being crammed in a tiny bubble? 
Is that going to cause me issues currently? Because Bruce doesn't care. Bruce has spent his life in a tiny box. <laughs> or jail. That's essentially Bruce's character choice at his inception. Was he left the wilds to come to a tiny box of a city. Uh <laughs> but it's not just Bruce riding in the meat sack today. I think that you'd probably get like claustrophobic. You might try to break out. Contested will, if you'd like. Or... Ah, oh, crap. Nine. Yeah, no, you feel this sort of uh, claustrophobia setting in, and you can play that. Well, Professor Horizon? Headmaster. Apologies, uh, Headmaster Horizon. You know, our friend that you uh, sent away. Yes. He is a fey creature. And uh, I also happen to have a fey creature in my head. Continue. And uh, she has some belongings on said ship that we would like to procure. I see. Hmm. Is that why you snuck in? Oh my god. Good Bob. <laughs> Everybody trying to maintain their cover. <laughs> I'm going to chime in for Master Horizon and go, that would make a lot of sense. Last time we had a discussion, we were talking about the Fey Realm overlapping with ours. Mm-hmm. That's true. Barry raises his hand. Yes, Mr. Lifter. Could, could, I, could, could I be out of the bubble? Can someone please let him out of the bubble? I'm actually more scared he has a bubble. The headmaster says, I, no, not yet. Not yet. I don't think so. Um, also, you sound very familiar. Okay. I hold up all the, the tea set in my hands and walk away. <laughs> 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 On the platter, like, no. Ah, oh, Dylan's showing wisdom. <laughs> it's a 12. <laughs> headmaster, I apologize for my earlier hostilities, I suppose, but... If I would be allowed to just go and get these belongings, I'd be happy to just walk straight out the door, and we can call this a day. I'm sorry to say that it won't be that simple. And the other teachers are actually sort of filtering in to the room. Master Horizon, if I may input on this, because my curiosity always gets the better of me. If, in exchange for him visiting the ship, he might be able to give us more input on it if there's any fey devices or anything if he what he is saying is true he will be able to point them out maybe give us information that would take us much longer to discover by ourselves who is us Dylan? because i may have been speaking to you about the other planes but i didn't talk about a ship with you come on man i want to know stuff too i read about fey for like a year here come on yeah so the headmaster in the interest of kind of getting everyone on the same page he's a very smart man and he knew dylan for a while he's like so dylan's being cagey with him dylan's also talking about the ship which he hadn't mentioned only roy has mentioned what's this about a ship <laughs> uh i'm going off of the fact that ryan as roy just said that i was like hey if there's a ship he can tell us shit about it yeah, but you also took the stance of like, hey, we should like let him do what he wants. So Horizon's kind of like, yeah. I just want information. Yeah, I know. And that's what we're leading to. And I want to give you all the information. So so he looks to the other professors and he nods at all of them. And then they start shuffling you guys to 
another room. And you guys are being rolled in these balls again, taking on Tentra's floating discs. Uh, can I be let out of this thing, please? I'm getting a little queasy. Nope. That ain't gonna happen. I said please. Appreciate that, but like, dude, you're on their property. Zillin, you're not a teacher. Yeah, honestly, things are so weird that they're thinking about putting Bob and Dylan in balls, too, just to be safe. What the fuck? Just to be safe. It's not hurting nobody. I come here with tea and biscuits. No, you came here and you got tea and biscuits. You didn't bring them yourself. Shh, I'm changing the narrative. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Barry turns to the nearest anyone and slams up against the side of the bubble. You gotta let me out of this damn bubble. Um, And he begins, like, scratching at his skin. It's like, you do know he gets a bit claustrophobic, right? Was he scared of Santa Claus? Do we have a hold person spell, perhaps? That might work a little bit better with this one. So there, there's a there's a wood elf standing on the other side of the bubble who's just sort of, like, shaking her head. Can someone at least carry me instead? Because I can't keep spinning around in this thing. Wait, these bubbles are really light, so I just pick up Roy's. <laughs> they're not, actually. It doesn't say that they're lighter. Yeah, it does say that they're lighter. Yeah. That's why we went sailing through the air on an orca bubble. No, no, no. This one doesn't say that. That was a part of the magic item, but it says the sphere is weightless and just large enough to contain the creature. Yeah, the sphere is weightless. It was the first thing you just said. Yeah, but, well, it says the sphere is weightless, not that the person inside it is. Well, he's a halfling, so I pick up Ryan. I I mean, I'm, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. I mean, I'm inside the sphere, the sphere is weightless. If if it works the same way as the Pokeball does, then it should... Okay. I will point out that as time goes on, you guys notice that Aegis Stratus and another one of the mages that are keeping you in these spheres, you notice that they're very quietly, every minute, recasting this spell. They're very good at, like, timing it, so it's just, like, like, resetting it. But, like, there's this flicker in the sphere... At a very specific timing. Well, I carry the extra large beach ball that is Roy's to keep from puking in his ball. <laughs> I said they were on Tetris floating this, but that's fine. <laughs> I figure out which one that not Bruce is in. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> who's casting on the not Bruce. And accidentally stumble into him exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what, you just push Bruce's ball or somebody else's no he just nudges the spellcaster to interrupt the spell oh on the refresh i quote trip accidentally bruce's ball bruce's ball barry's ball all right barry's ball barry's ball is briefly not set again you may react but you've got literally just a moment to do a thing who is the closest person that wood elf barry is now hugging them non-threateningly don't put me back in the ball! Don't put me back in the ball! Like a cat. <laughs> okay. So sorry about that. Roll me a charisma check, Barry. I don't add to that. Seven. I was gonna say, I'll help him out. Plus two. <laughs> uh, and then roll me a athletics grapple <laughs> to see if they can extricate you from this little... Probably not. Twenty. Yeah. Not a crit, but... Yeah. Wait, hang on, hang on, sorry. Sorry, 23. It's like a bunch of five-year-olds trying to rip something out of their dad's hand that they want. It's not happening. She's like, hey, just get him him off me. 
Um, uh, he's he's very large and strong. And he just is kind of staring at this, and he looks at Bop, who's not in a ball, and he looks at Barry in his pitiful attempt to not be put in a ball, and he just sort of waves his hands, and he's like, I think that we can just have him walk. I chose the right ball to grab. <laughs> I was gonna say, in fact, hey Barry, why don't you carry the wood elf very nicely through the halls? The wood elf is like, how about Barry does not? <laughs> okay. Roy puts his hands up in the air, and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> I asked politely, and this guy's been struggling against the fucking ball the whole time. And Quark bends down and is like, you threatened my life. <laughs> right. That's true. Barry threatened to lift things. <laughs> That's very true. Barry didn't threaten to lift things. Barry did. <laughs> and on that note, Barry is standing in the room, looking around at all of the grown-ups, trying to figure out what he's supposed to do with this wood off, because he's receiving a lot of mixed signals. <laughs> I talked to Barry quietly. Barry, just relax. Relax, Barry. Just walk along with everybody else. There will be something to move and carry by the end of our trip. Barry, still holding the wood elf, starts following Bob. Aegis is like, I'm sorry, Allura, but it looks like uh, you're going to be carried by Barry for a bit. And Quark, who has mentioned that this Allura Luna is the wood elf who he hates, is like, ha ha suck it, Allura. <laughs> Dylan is holding in all the laughter in the world. <laughs> and I shoot Quark a critical eye going, we just want to leave this like this? Quark nods emphatically. <laughs> he's, he's, his day has gotten dramatically better in the last 5, 10, 15 minutes. You guys find yourself going down the stairs. Down, down, down. Barry, she really likes this. And this seems to take way longer because everything else has been like one revolution and no matter where it is in the place you're there. This one, every once in a while that you guys come to like this sigil block that blocks the way down and some of the teachers step forward will like remove this barrier and then you'll continue and you find yourself going down and down until you finally get to this large stone door covered in sigils. The headmaster steps up and puts his signet to it and all of them light up and the door opens and you guys find yourself in this very large it's almost like a hangar, is what it kind of looks like. And what is left of the ship that you found a veal on, like the half or whatever that was not destroyed, is kind of propped up like a ship that's being rebuilt. So so more or less, it doesn't look like it's actually being rebuilt, but they've got it like on the the ships. Like a dinosaur skeleton when they're yeah. putting it back together in a museum. Yes, exactly. So this is a ship? Bop asked questioningly. Honestly, I feel that our new friend here in the bubble might be better to answering that question. Yeah, it's a ship. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> the mystery is solved! <laughs> Everyone goes home. We all go home. Holy ship. It's great. Hey, what happened to that ship's aftal? Oh, God. It's been a year, Randall. Let it die. The oldest joke has come back. I mean, we did give the aft hole a rest like I asked. <laughs> that aft hole looks really blown out. Like, Well, not after the rest. Now it has gotten smaller again. You're standing in front of like a bunch of teachers who are just shaking their heads at you. I imagine Roy shaking his head too. Roy's just looking down. <laughs> 
I have brought you here for a reason, Roy. We have already combed through this, but the truth is we do not know what most of the things we found. But that's not the part that concerns us. The part that concerns us is this is obviously not from this realm, and since its arrival, it has created a lot of problems. Well, it's not? Are you saying that you guys don't have tons of these things? Of the ships? Really? Smart-assness? No? I shoot a glare at fucking Dylan, and so does Headmaster. You're in a fucking ball. Shut up, Dylan. You are not the one interrogating right now. He's not a teacher. Why is he even here? You're all here because you're all being questioned, says Aegistratus. I'm a good boy. Aegistratus goes, you weren't in my class. Do, do you mind if I look over the wreck? Of the, this is a ship, right? Yes, we, we mind. We mind. Why are we even bringing them down here, Horizon? And Horizon says, because we have questions that need answers just as much as they do. So he goes over to this, let's call it a magical console. And he hits some buttons, it makes holograms, and like it brings up glyphs and things. And he starts looking through them, and he's like, ever since we brought this here, we've seen strange fluctuations in the planes. I've been talking about planar merging with you all, and some of you have dismissed me. But nothing has been a more concrete example of it than this ship. And finally, we have someone who claims to own this ship, and you just want me to what? Ignore it? And he turns to Roy, and he's like, Are you aware that if you make any overt action, there are at least three members of this group? That could instantly annihilate you. It's the reason I'm cooperating in the first place. Is that the only reason? Threat of death? Yeah. Solid reason. I think it's probably the one that is most forefront in his mind at the moment. It's pretty compelling, I've got to say. <laughs> I set the beach ball down. He nods to Stratus, and Stratus gives him this real look like, no fucking way, but dismisses the bubble. And he says, We have much to talk about. Where is this from? Faye? Yes. And this ship from Faye, how did it get here? Nothing from Faye can cross over without being summoned. Who summoned it? Barry, in the back of the room, raises his wood off. It, uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. Avil, uh, help me out. Because <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> Avil tells you it wasn't summoned. We used a, a wish spell. Real quick, Jay, this whole time he talks, I'm going to be using insight. So if he lies, like I'm checking everything he says, because this is my job. I'm not going to say anything out loud. I'm just doing it for personal reasons. Okay. I mean, if he lies, I'll make him roll a fucking check, and you can roll against that, so. Just wanted to make that clear. Fuck you. You sure you don't need this fixed? It's personal, man. And you wonder why he wants to stab you. Dude, it's not like I'm gonna call you on it, it's more like, I don't know. <laughs> that would be relationship growth if he doesn't call you on it. I know you lied. I'm gonna keep quiet. <laughs> but I want you to know that I know. That you know, I know. You sure you don't need this rebuilt, because I have a crack crew. God. Hmm? Uh, Dorf, shut up. All right. 
I take a seat. It was wished here. Wished. The spell? She goes, technically, the... We, we, I tortured a genie. You what? <laughs> Did you say that out loud? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Not you. Hold on. Who are you speaking to? Did I not tell you earlier that there's a fae in my head? Give me a second. I don't know a lot of these questions personally, so I'm going to need a second to relay the them. The wood elf starts frantically waving her hand. Can you hug me a little less so I can do a thing? Barry, let's go. All right, so the wood elf drops to the floor, walks over, and casts a spell, and everybody can now see a veal. What? In the same way that Grim always does. Um. There is a translucent, um, ghostly fey lady standing with Roy. I'm uncomfortable with this. Bob's eyes get a little wider than normal. She's pretty. Yeah, you watch everyone's eyes go from looking at you to looking above you, like Grim always does. I'm here, by the way. That's true. I'm Barry. Hey. My eyes are down here. My soul is down here. And Aviel sort of uncomfortably goes, oh. Uh. Can they, can they, can you people hear her too? We can see her. She hasn't said anything yet. Barry waves. Aviel waves. Oh, good. She can see it too. Hey, Jade, maybe it's a good time to describe her. Yeah, since we can all see her now. It's been a while. Yeah, sure. Avil stands about 5'2". She's not particularly tall. I'm taller than Roy. Fuck you. I mean, you're a halfling. You're sure tall for a <laughs> halfling, bro. God. You chose a race that says half in the name. What'd you expect? And Ling, which is like always denoting small. <laughs> It would just be nice if it would stop pointing it out, all right? It's like phonetically, you're a half small thing. I think you're tall for a halfling. What does she look like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's taller than Roy. That's it. Fuck. (laughs) I mean, y'all made a comment on the first thing I threw out there. You had to. All right. So she's a little taller than Roy, like 5'2. She is dressed in a white dress, and her skin is nearly as pale as that dress is. She has black lips. And dark black eyes. And delicate features. She's very thin. Like, you would almost say, like, unhealthy thin. She needs some milk. Ha! And honey. She stares the headmaster directly in the eyes. It's like, my name is Avil, sister of the Bayan Sid. Handmaiden of winter, servant of my queen Maeve. This ship is mine, commandeered rightfully in times of war. And I demand everything that is on it. This is a warship. She looks very defiant, but the headmaster just seems unmoved by this. And he's like, Do you realize the ramifications of your being here? You still had to make a wish to come here. Why are you here? To lift things. (laughs) Thank, Thank you. Orc. Uh, I'm just kind of here. Thank, thank you, Dylan. God, you guys really need to be part of things, don't you? We're PCs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the center of the universe and it makes me unhappy! <laughs> so, the headmaster looks at everyone and in this moment you see 
this weird like lightning crackling off the ship. And it looks like he's going to say something. It's interrupted by this. And he's like, oh, it's happening again. This is going to prove my point. And this portal starts to like just open in front of the ship. This big portal and it's tinged in red. And these gibbering like demons are just on the other side of it. And they all like are crawling to get out. And you see one of the elves that you haven't seen speak, a male, just reaches his arm out and just waves it. And the portal gets slammed shut. What the hell was that? The headmaster goes, ever since we've brought the ship here, there's been portal instabilities. There's been planar rifts. Things keep trying to cross through. It's almost as if the fabric of reality is a thin veil. And for the first time, they can they can shred it. And there are things in other realms that are horrible. And around this ship, especially since we brought it here, it was a mistake. There's too much magic here. It's feeding off of it. Portals are opening up and things are getting through. Our master conjurer, Professor Nebula, and the elf nods his head, is practically tapped every day keeping these portals shut. He can't teach classes because he's been down here making sure that nothing gets loose. We should probably move this thing, then. To what? You think it'd be safer away from us? We're the only ones shutting the portals. I'm not saying without you guys, but the fact is, there's a lot of magic in this school. Yes, you're helping the problem, but at the same time, you're exacerbating it, too, by keeping it here. There's also tons of kids here. Yeah. This can't be okay. Burn it. Powerful students. Not all of them are children. In fact, most of them are not. We try not to accept children most of the time. The fact of the matter is, you have apprentice wizards here. Regardless of their power levels, they are apprentices. And this is Fae. This is dangerous to most magic users. It is not just Fae. You're saying that this is a Fae device, but what just tried to come through was from the Void. Those were demons. Barry has pulled out his fire starter kit and has made his way, is making his way towards the ship. Barry is going to fix this. Uh, uh, I got in front of him. <laughs> you were immediately put back in a bubble. <laughs> I roll his happy ass backwards and then take my seat again. Bob looks oddly at Barry going, what? You were put in a bubble and rolled backwards and Horizon says, we actually have run tests and the wicker does not burn. Not easily. It can be burned, but uh, we've tried all sorts of tests. Uh, if destroying it was that simple, it'd be one thing, but our concern, my concern, me and our Master Conjurer have discussed this, that this thing is from Fae. You, you've confirmed this, and we've gathered as much. But according to the Master Conjurer, Professor Conjurer, can you explain it? I hand him a glass of water. Thank you, Dylan. No problem. So, Professor Nebula steps up, and he looks at this console, and he kind of brings up some, like, holographs to kind of help discuss his point. And you can tell he's a professor. He's used to teaching things. You're about to get Planar 101 from the professor. Knowledge. Yes, welcome to the, to the school. And Professor Nebula says, okay, so, I'm going to need to give you guys some basic understanding of the planes before we even begin. Not all planes are tied closely to ours. Some of our planes are distant things that are very difficult to reach without powerful magic. 
other planes, such as the Feywild, are integrally tied with us. We have a co-existent relationship with the Fey, which makes some things in Fey easy to transover. over. Small things like a fairy or a creature can just stumble into our world, and it's been documented that we've stumbled into theirs. It can happen. It's those fairy tales of people being lost by moonlight or traveling through a toadstool circle. They're, they're just ways of describing this phenomenon. When the moon is full, we are closer to Fey. It's magic fluctuations. So that's not weird. But nothing humongous could ever cross over, and certainly not permanently. As soon as the moon waxes, they would go home, or vice versa, unless they were trapped there. Uh, we've heard stories of people going to Fey and never coming back, but we've never once heard of Fey coming here and not returning shortly. No Fey should be here this long, let alone this woman attached to, to this halfling. Meanwhile, we have an entire ship that is colossal on a scale that we've never seen, and it's here, in our realm, permanently. We believe that there are rules and things can come by. That's why when you summon something, it always returns. There's a timer and there are rules set to put things back where they belong. And those rules can't be broken. It just like we've tried. Through enough willpower, you can make something stay longer, but it always goes back. This ship, because it is so large, seems to have torn a very large hole in the fabric of our reality. I think that no matter where it is, there will be fluctuations. We don't know the full extent of it, and while you are right, Dylan, this might not be the best place to keep it, I don't know where would be better. We can create a joint outpost with the military and your college. Uh, okay, what what's that going to... It would give security if anything did get through and have the expertise to close anything that does pop oh, up. The average military is not prepared to handle what's going to come out of those portals. At this point, I have stopped dretches, demons, devils, failings. But the point is not if the military is prepared for them. And the fact is the military can fight. The military can help. It's not about preparedness. And no one's fucking prepared for this. And if they say otherwise, they're a liar. If you were to tell me you were prepared for this, I wouldn't believe you, because no one is. This is something that is way beyond normalcy, like you said. And you can accept that it isn't normal for you. You can accept that you're not ready for this. So his follow-up is, he's like, I, you're right, Dylan, but here, here, let's try something out. How would you want to move this ship? We currently have it in an extra-dimensional space, and it's messing with portals. We've tried to move it. There might be something that's the source of the power of this. I'm sure she can speak or he can speak for that matter. I'm not an expert on that. And I if we were to am Dylan. He just stares at you. Like he has this look on his face that he's trying to implore to you that these thoughts you're having, he's thought of. He appreciates your sentiment, but at the same time, come on, this is what I do. Barry, in the back of the room, who has been in the bubble for like five minutes again. Loses his shit and begins thrashing around wildly, violently, because I failed another will save. Okay, let him out, Jesus okay. Christ. So they do not let him out, because that is not something you'd want to do when somebody's panicking and that they don't know. They silence it. <laughs> the silent, terrified screams of poor Barry as he rolls around the room. 
Poor, poor Barry. He's like a shaken up soda pop. I smile and look back to the teachers. <laughs> anyway, our concern is that you're right, but we worry that it might be too late. This thing has been here for months, and it seems to only be getting worse. We aren't even certain that bringing it to this magical area is what caused the problem. And at this point, if it leaves the magical area, we might just be removing the only barriers keeping it in check. Master Horizon has been documenting weather patterns. We want to question the Fae about what is going on because, according to the Headmaster, our weather has been ridiculously out of control. Uh, it snowed last week, and today is a fine spring day. Which, I mean, weather can be out of control, but the combination that Faye may be in peril, along with this, we we need more information, and we're not going to drop the only protections we have. I, I never know where to begin with people. There's so much that I would need to explain to you. Does anyone have any questions? So, can I just get the stuff? Was this a ship that went on the water? No. Mm. Avil shakes her head. Roy face palmed. Okay. D- Avil's like, it flies. Does it now? Interesting. Interesting. Yes, yeah, some of them are even capable of planes travel. How does it fly exactly? Like I said, it's a stolen ship. This is a ship of Samarkort. I hijacked it. But it flies because of a bound air elemental. I take it that's not here then? No, I believe it was destroyed by Roy and Dylan. Oh. I'm sorry, what? Damn! Shortly before our meeting, there was an explosion. Um, well, how do you bind it into the ship, then? I did not, so I do not know. Uh, to make it clear, not Roy, just Dylan. Oh my fucking god. Really, Dylan? I have just been sold out so fucking hard. Oh my god. Dylan, you destroyed this? Guess who's in on it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Harry has made his way out of the silence bubble. It is now screaming, rolling around the room again. Barry, be calm, Barry, be calm! They cast silence on Barry again. Can can we let him out? Is he safe? He's better out of a bubble. He really is better out of a bubble. Dylan moves to leave. The barrier comes back up and the headmaster looks at Dylan. He says, Dylan? Yep. Can you explain yourself? Nope. And as he says that, a red light starts to flash down here in the hangar, and the holographic images that are popping up on the little console that they've been using to kind of show you things. Stuff that a lot of it, like, he brings up, like, he's expecting you to understand it, and you don't. But, like, this one flashes up, and the conjurer looks at it, and then looks at the headmaster with horror, and says, um, there's been a portal breach, but not in here. Well, that can't be good. Uh, where? Where? Somewhere on campus. I'm gone. And then another thing lights up, and another klaxon, and another light, and another, and another, and another. Oh, dear God, it's too late. I am running.
Hello, everyone, and thank you again for following us on our journey through another episode of Torchlit Tavern. You've listened all the way to Arc 3, we hope. If not, you can always go back and catch up on what you've missed. First of all, myself and the rest of the members of the Torchlit Tavern would like to say thank you to everyone who listens to us. We love telling our stories, we love your engagement, and we love to entertain you guys, so thank you. Don't forget that if you do enjoy our podcast, please like us, rate us well, share us, tell your friends about us. We have no designs on any grand empire, but we do like telling our story and we'd like to share that with as many people as possible. And you, our beloved listeners, are the gateway through which we can do that. If you're looking for other ways to listen to us, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcasting service. If you want to engage and find a little bit of extra interaction with the Torchlit Tavern, you can search Torchlit Tavern on Facebook or Twitter. And we have established a Patreon at patreon.com slash torchlittavern. If you'd like to go that little extra mile for us, you can do so there, and we will kick back to you with monthly content updates. This could be anything from narrative expansions, world lore, or even just an insight into the characters of the world themselves. And last but not least, if you want to chat with, compliment, or ridicule one of our lovely players, you can find us at the following locations. All right. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. You can find me, Jameson Oxford, at something something master on Twitter. And you can find me, Ryan, a.k.a. Roy, at Ryan SCB Santos on Twitter. And I'm Randall, and if you want, you can follow my uh, inactive Twitter account <laughs> at Argo Omega, or you could just look at the Facebook, and I'll be there. This is Jeff, still playing the Jell-O-Man Skeleton himself. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter that I never use, at Big underscore J underscore The Bad Man. You know, I think maybe I should have my own Twitter. You shut up. It's not... Time for this things. God. You can definitely find me at the Torchlit Facebook. I'll be there. No, I'll be there. Somebody will be there. And thanks for tuning in. Fuck you, warlock. <laughs>